Hey Panthers, welcome to the official leadership podcast. This is Behind the Mask. Hey, this is Sophia, the director, and as a reminder, I use she, her pronouns. And I'm Margo, the chief editor. I also use she, her pronouns. And I'm Christian, the assistant editor. I use he, him pronouns. And I'm Irene, the media manager, and I use she, her pronouns. In today's episode, we are taking the opportunity to bring light to trans gender rights and its relevance to youth in America. Today's quote is, courage is being yourself every day in a world that tells you to be someone else. Um, The source is unknown. Our subtopics will be what it means to be transgender and cisgender, proposed transgender laws, the science behind being transgender, and the trans relevance to youth in America. Make sure to monitor your emotions while listening to any of our episodes and seek professional guidance if you need to. And with that, we'd like to continue. So I'll be starting with what it means to be transgender, which includes non-binary identities and cisgender. And I'll also be going over some terminology. So to start with what it means to be transgender, some people feel like the gender they were assigned at birth didn't match their gender identity or the gender that they fell inside. So they changed to a different gender, which is called being transgender or trans. And being cisgender is actually the opposite. It means that a person identifies with the sex they were assigned at birth. Now being non-binary or genderqueer is more of an umbrella term for gender identities that are neither male or female and are outside of the gender binary. Non-binary identities can fall under the transgender umbrella since many non-binary people identify with a gender that is different from their assigned sex. And quickly, since we weren't over gender identity, I just like to clear up the difference between gender identity and sexual identity. Gender identity applies to you as male or female or something else. And your sexual identity applies to who you are interested in. And I'd also like to go over some acronyms that are commonly used, such as FTM, female to male, MTF, male to female, and AGAB, assigned gender at birth. But they don't necessarily have to um, include a transition. For example, one can identify with um, the term male or female or non-binary without transitioning medically, socially, or illegally. And that's entirely valid. Yeah, you both brought up some really interesting points. Yeah, I think it's just so important to cover all of this. And yeah. One more thing, um, just to clarify. I, I would like to add that there is a huge swath of identities under the transgender label and depending on how you would like to identify that's also valid and you can choose multiple labels or a singular label um it's just trans means anything other than cis and cis means identifying solely and wholly with your own um assigned sex at birth yeah so 
I would like to be allowed to explain some quick and simple basics of scientific studies regarding the brain structures of transgender individuals. So of course, anyone's gender identity can cover a wide variety of expressions. So it is not my intention to confine one's brain and thinking or function, functioning in a certain way whatsoever. So before I get into much, I would like to clarify that biological male and biological female brains have their structural differences. And according to psychiatrist Murat Altenay, the brain of a transgender, especially one who transitioned when they were of youth, exemplifies more of the structural brain similarities to the sex given at birth. And it is also important to note that brain similarities aren't only structural. It can also find functional similarities. So in studies that use MRIs to take images of the brain as people perform tasks, the brain activity of transgender people tends to look more like the gender they identify with. And other studies have shown that transgender um, people can find similarities in structural and functional uses to both biological male and biological female brains and any genders and sexes within everything, anything and everything. Um, and of course, due to limited research, there is still much more that we as conscious and inclusive people can learn. And yeah, I don't really have a lot more research that I could find, but even with little research, it can still be very beneficial and interesting to explore the potential psychology and characteristics of the transgender brain. And despite discrimination that still stands in today's society against trans, especially youth and just trans communities, uh, I feel as though we can overcome the hurtful stigma even in our school by proudly being allies in the LGBTQIA plus community. So yeah, I my, my little topic and section was pretty quick because it is hard to find a lot of in-depth research on it. But yeah, I just found it really interesting that the brain usually reflects more of the identity, whatever that may be, the identity towards who, who, who they think of themselves, you know? So yeah, I found that really interesting. I never actually considered that brains of different genders function differently. It always, to me, just seemed like a brain was a brain and it always functioned the same way. So it's definitely really interesting to hear that transgender people, their brains function like the gender that they identify with more. That's really interesting, yeah. I think that it's interesting that science is always a double-edged sword when studying people's identities because it's mostly based off of averages. So it's not meant to invalidate anyone's um, identity, but it can act as a way of both validating and invalidating one's identity. But I think what we really want to show you all is that science can be very validating and it has been validating 
um, especially in recent years when people are unbiased in their studies of trans individuals, um, because that has not always been the case. And science has been very hurtful to the trans community. And that's why I think we're um, tackling this from a position of um, great care and why Marga was very selective in finding which articles she was referencing because it is purely based off of averages and those averages don't fit everyone because they're not you are not an average but in the same way the trans identity is very expansive it's really beautiful to look into that science and apply it to um, people's own sense of self and people's experience. Yeah, I I agree with Sophia. So science is really like uh, like double double science word, and we just want to show the you know uh, show that science are validating. So I'm I am going to talk about some like anti transgender laws in U.S. So uh, this one is really hard to find. Uh, and so yeah, because as Sophia said, like this is current, like managed into current, like current days, there are like many laws are built. So, uh, like legislation filled this like the in March marks the like eighties and eighty eighty first and eighty second anti transgender bill introduced in the twenty twenty one state legislative session surpassing the 2020 total of 79 and marking the highest number of anti-transgender bills in history. The anti-transgender legislation failed in the last two days, including, I mean, the last two days means like the mid-March, you know, including South Carolina HB 4047, an anti-transgender medical care ban, and Texas SB, 1311 and anti-transgender medical care ban and me me michigan sb 218 and anti-transgender sports ban the human rights campaign has been tracking anti-transgender legislation across state legislatures for decades including since the surge in anti-lgbtq states legislation since 2015, the legislative fight to pass discriminatory anti-transgender legislation this year has been fast and furious, led by nation groups aiming to stymie LGBTQ progress. Human rights campaign president Alfonso David issues the following statement in response to a record-setting anti-transgender legislative session. These bills are not addressing any real problem and they are not being requested by constituents. Rather, this effort is being driven by national far-right organizations attempting to score political points by sowing fear and hate. What they don't understand is opposing equality is highly unpopular, even among Trump voters and states that pass legislation that attacks our community will face severe economic, legal, and reputational harm. In many cases, these legislative pushes are being 
prioritized above COVID-19 response and relief. This push comes as equally measures gain not only popular support, but legislative momentum on the federal level with the Biden administration championing equality in early executive actions and Congress considering the Equality Act within the first 100 days of the new administration. I think it's very scary to be living in this world where um, trans identities are seen as more dangerous than a pandemic, which is obviously entirely untrue and has been disproven um, by various studies in the past and things like that. But people still perceive it as something that needs to be addressed when really I think that we should be protecting trans individuals because in reality, cis people, cisgender people, sorry, I abbreviated it, are the ones that oftentimes champion these anti-trans bills not realizing that it is very harmful to trans people and their mental health, especially preventing medical transitions. Yeah, I'm. I, I just, I just think it's like a really scary time that we're living in, and yet there is so much hope because youth, we we are the future. Everyone keeps on saying it, and I think as we, or I don't think, I believe, if we all are allies in any way possible in helping, that we can help turn around our country and our world to become much more inclusive and much less tone deaf and find a balance in our world with equality and justice. And I just think there are so many injustices and wrongs that need to be undone and proved and solved and it is just so hard to when looking at all these statistics and facts and what just any information about what's happening in our world and in our country it can be so devastating to hear that that this is modern day and that we haven't evolved from those early American ideals and that we need to move forward from those and find some peace finally because no one's doing anything wrong by being who they are and it, it can be really hard uh, to see light but I, I just I feel like we just need to bond together and become one strong force in any way um, helpful and possible. Yeah, I'd also like you address the youth, and I would like to address adults in this. Um, There's this concept of one good adult, one dependable adult to care for the mental well-being of a child or a member of youth, and that one good adult greatly influences the outcome of that child's life and that um, young person's life. So in this moment, if you are um, around a trans individual, 
especially a youth, um, a youth transgender individual, <laughs> show your support and validate their identity because that concept does hold strong and it does greatly affect the rest of their lives and their mental health and even suicide rates. So I think as we've seen with these anti-trans laws that society has wrongfully and continually demonized the trans community using intimidation tactics such as physical violence, weaponized slurs, pseudoscience, and most recently legislation against um, trans individuals. And each of these acts compound and each affect perceptions of everyday people in America. But I think the most comforting aspect of that, if you will, is that that hate is solely derived from ignorance, especially ignorance against children, which most of these laws are targeted at. And I think that the most important way that we can fight that hate is through education. So I really would like you to step back and think about how this America that we live in presently is going to shape the future America. Because I think one of the most damaging aspects of laws is that they are a permanent stain on our country, even if they are eventually repealed. So these laws primarily affect um, children who wish to medically transition at one point in their lives. And they significantly limit um, the amounts of resources available for children who do wish to medically transition. Well, okay, so I want to explain the concept of gender dysphoria first, because I think you need that information. So gender dysphoria is essentially the opposite of euphoria, and it's sort of a deep hurt from your identity not matching your body. It's deeply damaging <laughs> is basically what I want to emphasize. Um, and because of that, over 10% of trans people report recently attempting suicide within the previous year from a 2015 study. And we can only assume that that has gone up because of these trans, um, anti-trans bills and laws that are circulating through state senates mostly. Um, not California though. So we are very fortunate to be living in an area that has not yet tried to demonize trans youth in such a way. Um, and other ones, other of these bills prevent children from playing on sports teams. When we approach it, especially when adults approach, approach it as many adults, it's inaccurate because children are entirely different than adults. 
and you can apply the same standards to children as you can adults because as I said they're fundamentally different and even their biology is different right so you can't apply that um, ideas of men are always stronger than women onto children because it's not always true and I think part of that is also a very sexist um, idea and it sort of translates onto transgender issues because um, again it's all of these issues are very intersectional and so I think what is really important is to spread good information and affirming information to those that you know so that we can begin to break down these ideas that are false and that are leading to these violent acts, um, not necessarily even violence through physical violence, but also through unintended consequences and stereotypes and harmful perceptions and harmful words being weaponized against the trans community because of the actions of our government and people in our governments. So I think it is our job as youth, as we begin to forge a better world through the elimination of those ideas. Wow, very well said. Really feel like you did such a good job tying everything back together. And it is just, we are living in history at the moment. And it is just so important to keep your eyes and ears open and stand up straight and proud for those um, those who may be struggling with these times. And so, yeah, I really think being just being an ally is so important. We are now very excited to be sharing another leader spotlight in this episode. Today, we are choosing to spotlight Marsha P. Johnson, who was a gay activist in the United States. Known as an outspoken advocate for gay rights, Johnson was one of the prominent figures in the Stonewall Uprising of 1969. Johnson was a founding member of the Gay Liberation Front and Star. Johnson was also a popular figure in New York City's gay and art scene, modeling for Andy Warhol and performing out and, and performing on stage with the trope hot peaches. On top of being an advocate for gay rights, they also brought awareness to AIDS with the political group ACT UP. Martha P. Johnson gave inspiration to many LGBTQIA groups all around the globe and should be remembered for their contributions to our modern world. I would like to remind our listeners that our ears are always open. Please feel free to submit any anonymous experiences or stories you may have for any topics you want us to cover in future episodes. For more information, please visit our website subpage where you can find our various Google Forms and more ways to contribute to, the, to this podcast. In today's episode, we talked about a few of the many trans identities in existence, proposed American laws, the science behind being transgender, and transgender rights 
importance and relevance to youth in our country. As we end our episode today, I would like to remind all of our listeners to make sure they always monitor their emotions and seek professional guidance if they or anyone they know may need it. Today, Today's proud featured organization is the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. Thanks for listening. This is Behind the Mask. Thank you.